Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Boom. Usually you say it faster, but what? You'll figure it out. <laughs> Probably not, but we'll try. Um, Never to get this thing off. All right, should should we wait for a minute? Because I like your helmet. That was it. This is where we started. Okay, great. Hey, so before oh, is this we not how your podcast normally starts. <laughs> no, you've obviously never listened. I've never to been it. on a podcast either. So. <laughs> okay, so James, uh, uh, this is an unusual podcast because we've had terrible weather. And where are we at today? Your We're, place or mine? I don't, I don't even know where I am now. I'm somewhere out in the sticks, far <laughs> north of Phoenix, from far north of civilization. Well, the the great thing is we have a guest with us today, John where? Fitzsimmons. He's the magic hey. man, you know. Where is he? <laughs> I don't see him. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? So just in case you don't know exactly what we do every day is we usually go over to James's place. He makes me a cup of coffee and we we record our what I call elephant talk, but I think most people might call it small talk. But it's a long, extended amount of small talk. Did you say that's right? Yeah. Small talk seems almost <laughs> a little bit too big of an idea for it. <laughs> We're trying to do this whole Zoom thing, uh, which is kind of interesting. We've done the Zoom thing before, James and I record, but we've never had a third person. It's really thrown us off our game, <laughs> thrown me off my game. Yeah. I like that James is saying you live in the sticks, but really you're off of two freeways, like within minutes. Yeah, I'm 20 <laughs> minutes away from everybody on the on the planet Earth. Phoenix. 20 minutes. I'm 20 minutes north of the closest freeway. <laughs> yeah, but how's, how close is your closest Costco for both of you? Uh, probably about 25 minutes. Oh, that's too, that's distance. way too far. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, you've got two Costcos <laughs> near you, kind of. So we were going to come over to our place whenever we had bad weather. And the creepy thing was, not creepy, it happens about every five years. We had some, you actually had more fun than I did yesterday. What did you have at your house, James? We had hail. hail. Oh, hail. Did you get the snow, John? Oh, yeah. We got hail mostly the day before, though. Like two days ago. We got a lot of hail. Kelly and I were out walking in it. Yeah, it was actually, technically it was two days ago. Oh, my but God. But I, I don't like correcting Christopher because it takes too long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we live pretty close to the desert, and you actually live in the. I would say you live in the desert, John, don't you? Like, I used to live next to the desert, and then it built around me. It's slowly happening, but yeah, that's happening here. I went on a walk the other night, and there were javelina uh, right next to the sidewalk where I was. I had to like get out of their way <laughs> quickly. <laughs> uh, javelina, for those of you that aren't in Phoenix, those are uh, fancy pigs <laughs> that can't see, but they can smell and hear things. Hard, hardly fancy. So did you make desert snowmen? Uh, so the kids came home from school and went and looked in the backyard because most of it was melted by then. But the trampoline had tons of it on there still. So they jumped on the trampoline. They made snow angels. On oh, the my trampoline, God. How fun. And then they ate it, which was probably not the good sequence of events to go in. <laughs> but and then today I noticed that there's a bunch of sand on the trampoline as well. So I'm wondering how much sand they ate, too. <laughs> But sand's not bad for you. It'll pass through. What's the old saying? Dirt don't hurt. Wait, God made dirt, so dirt don't hurt. Right. (laughs) There were snowball fights out in the desert. uh, My oldest son, Brayden, he actually went out to Cave Creek and went to go throw snowballs. He never met up with the kids, I found out later. But anyways, there were snowball fights out there. You didn't do that. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Wow, James. I feel like I'm in a tunnel. So, James. I don't know what. what. Okay. Oh, I mute myself. That's, of course, if I mute myself, he did. did. He's not going to hear me. That's why he wasn't hearing me. And I don't know why it's reverbing over here because it's coming through. I'm sorry. Furman's muted. James, you can unmute yourself. We'll have a discussion about how goofy Furman is. Is he unmuted? No, no. See, there it goes again. This is called Audiovisual Podcasting 101. <laughs> There's always next week. <laughs> can't we just go like we were going? <laughs> Why can't you wear the headphones? Well, oh, because I'm not getting as... I'd, I'd have to sit and tinker with it for 15 minutes. Our podcast is not supposed to be long. It's only supposed to be over a cup of coffee. Which neither of us have in our hand right now. I have a monster. Does that count? Yeah. Hey, so. All right. So I'm going to try unmuting myself one more time, but I think it's going to go back to reverb. How's that? That, that actually sounds good. It sounds good. No, until no, it doesn't. no, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's off. Everything was going good until James messed with something. No. Yeah. Until I, I, I tried to unmute myself. <laughs> um, where was I at? Oh, snow. Okay. So, hey, am I still recording? Yes. All right. Can you, I just have a quick question and it's not a big question. Yeah. And all I want to say is, so John, I've known you for quite a few years. I met you at the children's museum. Yes. How did I meet you? Um, our wives worked together, I believe. No, I know that, but I mean, I how did, right. when did I meet you? <laughs> um, how did we meet? I don't remember. We probably just met at, at uh, one of the functions there, maybe a gala or something. So in other words, you're trying to say it was very memorable. <laughs> yeah, so I know you hired me to do a magic show for a Boy Scout group. That's where we met. So I used to do a lot of volunteer work with the Cub Scouts. Now I do Boy Scouts. And you're right. That's where it is. So uh, my wife says, hey, I know a magician from one of the directors here. Um, maybe you can get him. And you volunteered to do it for reasonable amount of money <laughs> john tell us tell me tell okay so tell james a little bit what you do huh what's your gig so i am what's my gig i'm a stay-at-home dad who used to do magic shows <laughs> i'm also a licensed pyrotechnician and i shoot uh the largest fourth of july fireworks show in arizona i'm actually responsible for it um but mainly i do magic tricks i do three different areas i specialize in kids show entertainment so i do a lot of Family shows, a lot of them at the Children's Museum of Phoenix. And then also I do uh, close-up walk-around magic. So I roam around events and I do magic for small groups of people. Um, This is usually corporate events. And I do like the Colorado Rockies player party every year. I've done it for 13 years. What's that? And then also I do, it's where all the players uh, are in town for spring training and they have their families. It's just the players and their families and all the coaches, everyone involved with the organization. There's about 300 people there. Uh, have a big dinner and meet each other and hang out. Sometimes it's the first time they met. It's a big banquet. And uh, yeah, they've hired me to do magic there 13 years. This will probably be the first year I won't do it. <laughs> I send them do an email Do you do tricks with their balls? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, I do card tricks. No, because um, it's baseball. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And then I do comedy magic as well uh, in like comedy uh-huh. clubs and stuff and corporate events. And now I do Zoom <laughs> magic shows. Oh my you gosh, did you, you missed it. Oh, that did you see cool. that, James? I did see that. Thank you. John, I, I have what's probably going to be a dumb question, but it's only dumb. Well, it, 
because I don't know anything about magicians or, or magic for that matter. When you started off, did you, does a magician like learn tricks from other people or do they generally come up with their own work? Yeah. So their own tricks. Um, I kind of got started because I went to, my dad was a cop in Phoenix and he worked at this hotel off duty and I would often go to hang out with him. And uh, there was a restaurant at the hotel and there was a magician that would work there. And one night the regular guy was out and there was a younger magician and he did a trick where my sign card appeared in his wallet. And I still have that card in my wallet. It's kind of a lucky card. But the next day I was, I was like, I want to learn this magic stuff. So my dad took me to a place called Easley's Fun Shop, which was a magic shop that was open for 72 years here in Phoenix. And I bought my first magic tricks. I bought a trick deck uh, called the Mirage deck. And I think like a little booklet or something. And then I did that for everybody I could. And then the next week I went back to the magic shop and bought more stuff. So I just started buying tricks. And then the magician there, Rob Fulmer, a good friend of mine now, he said, hey, you can learn more by buying a book. So I started buying magic books. And then it's funny because this is like eighth grade and I was in special reading classes. But once I got into magic and started Mm -hmm. reading magic books, I tested up to like advanced reading levels because <laughs> I was now interested in reading magic. I just, I didn't care about it before. And then, uh, yeah. So books, videos, DVDs back then. Um, and then in person is definitely a great way to learn. I've gone to magic schools. I've gone to mystery school in Las Vegas, uh, and Santa Barbara, California with Jeff McBride. And yeah, mentorship is good. You learn to read magically. I did. I did. Turns out I like to read very technical things like manuals and specs oh. and weird things like that. <laughs> That's where you and I have something in common because, well, I didn't learn to read from magician books. Mine came from X-Men and uh, mutant books from comics, basically, because I had nice. a similar situation. I, I, was the, the, I was in dumbbell reading classes, too, and then my buddy got me hooked on comic books, and I had the same thing. The next thing I know, my sophomore year of uh, high school, I found myself testing into advanced English and it was all based on crappy, yeah, I can't write. cheap, <laughs> but I can read. <laughs> I'm going to say this, that we have a trifecta then because I was in the slow classes too, literally until I was in sixth or seventh grade. They didn't actually tell me when they took me out of the slow class. It came as a shock to me at the <laughs> end of the year that, oh no, you weren't in the slow class this year. It's like, oh, I wasn't. When did that change? I don't know. Some like six months ago. No one bothered to tell me. <laughs> but that's kind of strange. I mean, I mean, really, that's kind of bizarre that, first of all, well, there's this old Simpsons show. You know, I love the Simpsons. So there's this one episode where Bart's put in in a, in a class to help the deficient kids. And he says to the teacher, basically, so we're going to go slower and that's going to help me catch up. Hey, <laughs> hey, you're drinking something. This is water. And you're not a coffee drinker. But I do have my uh, monster over here, too. So I was oh, so you're my, a caffeine my, addict, but you just don't do coffee. Drink it, th- drink it through your nose. Then um, <laughs> I had a follow up question. You, you, you're talking about the magic shops. It sounded like that magic shop. Did it close or is it still open? The magic shop is no longer open. So Easley's Fun Shop opened 1947, and it was opened by a guy named Bert Easley, and then he moved it to Fifth Avenue and McDowell in 1953. And it was open until about two years ago when they closed it because they saw the market starting to go down. So they decided to go out on their terms, which if you think about it, was a really good idea because, man, they would be in a really big mess right now. Yeah, it'd be much better to go out without with less debt than more. <laughs> yeah, they scored. 
Yeah, I mean, they they sold off their inventory and then they, last year they sold the building. So I think they're doing pretty good now. Well, this, this <laughs> is terrible they were for okay them. Before. It's terrible for them, but actually, uh, I think they were getting ready to clear out. And then John shows me this video one time where he, he got a world's record from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, actually. Um, we did uh, the most costumes tried on in eight hours or less. <laughs> where is that here? There it is. Oh, look at that. Yeah, the award's just ready to go. You're my kind of guy. He's not a bragging guy either. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> so John, I have three of them. John is showing us uh, a certificate from the uh, World's Record organization that he actually got. Yeah, Guinness award. World Records. Guinness World uh, Records. We did the most costumes tried on in eight hours or less. We actually got credit for 178, which we did in about seven and a half hours. Uh, I did try on 200 costumes, but for some reason, Guinness didn't count all of them and they don't really get into specifics as to why not. But I, hey, I broke the record. It was my first record. It took me two years to get that cleared by, because we had to go back and forth with evidence. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should say I was with you on okay two of your attempts that you yes. made, which was so fun because uh, you know you don't know if you're actually going to pull it off. Oh my god, he's got all the he's got full certificate. You were ready for this. You were ready for this coffee chat because no one just shows up to a coffee chat with with bragging well, rights right next to him. To be- to be fair, I'm in my home studio and uh, these are sitting along the wall where I intend, intend to hang them on the wall and I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> ah, that makes sense. That sounds like that sounds like something I would do. Really? We were so I was so excited to have you on this podcast. Uh, I forgot to serve James the customary coffee. Can I just run real quick? No, no, sorry. We can do that for the second. I have show. to still take a coffee break. OK, we can do the coffee break. Now. <laughs> So I just really want to quickly tell you about a product that I use at my house. It's it's called Perfection Floor Tile. It's a do-it-yourself product. So it's great right now because you can do it at your own home, at your own time. You don't have to wait for a contractor. It just kind of locks together. It's this beautiful square vinyl tile. And what's great about it, it's a little bit softer than most tiles. So it's really great on your feet, especially if you're a guy like me who sits on the phone at work all day or in his home office pacing back and forth. Um, you can find it all kinds of places. It's available at hardware stores and home improvement stores. It's Perfection Floor Tile. Go ahead and check it out. It's absolutely beautiful. Come and see it this week after America's Got Talent. It's the top 10 rated women. Sexy. Sexy. Hosted by the one and only Erica Estrada. Come and meet the dream girls of every man's fantasies. With Morgan Fairchild and Linda Carter. Also, Kathy Lee Crosby, Victoria Principal, and much, much more. They're the sexiest women on the scene. Come and see a top 10 rated women. Don't you miss it. So, John, I was wondering, uh, since the magic store is closed, young young magicians, do they turn to YouTube now or Twitter? Or where, where are they getting their... Uh, their ma- yeah, a lot of people are going to YouTube. Um, the bad side of that is there's creators that will work on a trick for years and they come up with this really clever way to do something and then they'll sell it they'll put it out as a DVD or whatever and they get paid for their work. And then someone will buy that DVD, not know any ethics of magic, and they'll just put it out on YouTube. Here's how the trick works. 
And now they just kind of ruin this guy's work and expose the trick to a huge audience. So I don't encourage YouTube. I mean, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but, um, there's great resources still online. There are still magic shops. Arizona only has like one in Mesa. Um, and I think that's it for now. Most of the magic shops are closed. The internet's kind of killed them. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, good suppliers like Vanishing Ink and Penguin Magic and, and, uh, stuff. But YouTube, you can, there's some good stuff for beginners. There's a guy I like, uh, Julian, and he has Julian's Magician School. He's from Australia. He's a really good guy. And he put out stuff that's his, like, or his own take on things. So it was really creative. And, uh, I encourage people to go view those videos. I think he has like a hundred videos. Um, so yeah, like it, everything else, uh, the social media platforms have are not helping magic. Um, you know, they're making it more popular, but not necessarily in a healthy way. So it's harder to, to develop new magicians yeah. who can have, who can have their own brand. It's hard to develop new magicians that are actually doing it right. <laughs> We're getting more magicians, but they're all kind of doing the same thing. Of, okay. Hey, I just learned a trick. I'm going to go do it on YouTube, even though I haven't practiced it at all and will probably fail. And I'm just going to post it anyway. <laughs> So, so how many of the tricks that you do now that you have, you made yourself or, or do you, or is it still mostly using, um, what's out on in the community? So I like to make my own tricks. Um, it's, it's a process though. I'm working on one trick that the stupid hat, I call it that I was wearing earlier. Um, I've been working on that trick for 10 years and then five years ago I came up with a new way to do it. And I'm this close to being able to do it that way now. And it's been five years on that one method. Wow. That, that's amazing. It, you know, you never think of these things. It, it reminds me of, um, I'm trying to remember the comedian's name. Who, do you remember the, the old guy, the older guy who was in, um, is, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember his name. Uh, it was in Caddyshack. He was the old guy who was going to buy the, uh, the golf course. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. Take my, a, not, not take my wife. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, take my wife. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> please. I get no Dangerfield. Rodney yeah, Dangerfield. Dangerfield. One time he was talking about, and cause he's has amazing bits. If you watch his like a, you know, a four or five minute Absolutely. bit he had on Carson, on, on, on Johnny Carson, he would say, yeah, it's a six minute bit, but it takes six months to write. Totally. hundred percent. So yeah. It sounds like we don't, you know, it sounds like we don't really think, uh, have enough respect for uh, writers or comedians or magicians because we don't realize how much work goes, uh, goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I do a trick where I solve a Rubik's cube blindfolded riding a unicycle and it's not magic. <laughs> it's just that it's a trick. It's a, I, I put it together for David Letterman's stupid human tricks. Unfortunately, I didn't fully learn it until after he retired because <laughs> it took yeah, so long. But um, yeah, I mean, I have years into that of daily practice. Maybe you have to get on his new show. Yeah. I'd <laughs> like to see that. All right, I'm back with the coffee. James, I got you a mug that says California. I thought you might appreciate that. Thank you. It's a beautiful mug. <laughs> I, I feel a little ashamed now that my mugs are not nearly this nice. I didn't give you the cracked one. Mine says New York. <laughs> cracked thought, one? Is yeah, cracked? my only cracked mug is the one that says New York on it. Are you trying to offend me? <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, James is from New York. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm a native, born and raised right here in Arizona. Have you ever? You've never moved away? Never moved away. I don't plan to. Now, I know you travel all over the place for your work. Yeah, I do. This will always be home, though. Huh. Yeah. Are we going to get into the uh, next topic or you want to just keep grooving? Yeah. Let me just wait till this plane gets over. Yeah, I'm guessing you're right by the airport. Maybe Deer Valley Airport by the sounds of it. <laughs> I told James, I go, uh, just to let you know, when you at my house, you have to watch out for the little uh, 
what do they call those little planes? They have like a Cessna. Yeah, little Cessnas <laughs> that come all over the place. Cool. You still there, John? I'm waiting for the washer repair man to come anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> hey, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Do you think the the washer repair man listens to your podcast? Because I could give my address. Maybe you can get here faster. Just hoping. <laughs> John, so last night, uh, my youngest son and I, actually the whole family for a short while, we were all watching this show called um, Brain. Brain Games? Yes. Have you seen the show Brain Games? I think I've seen a couple of them. Um, who was the magician on there? Uh, I want to say I know them. Copperfield? No. <laughs> well, we watched two shows. Well, with the Brain Games, what was interesting is a lot of stuff they were talking about is actually, if you're a painter or an artist, you use those special effects that are, you know, trick your mind into seeing stuff. They were talking about them. I remember studying them in high school and of course in college in my art classes, you know, for like, for example, like the sh- how shadowing works, how you can trick people to think things are floating in the air just by a shadow. Absolutely. Well, yeah. You know, the shadow, understanding shadow when you're painting and drawing isn't really so much tricking as actually seeing the shadow properly because if you look at a, a shadow like if you take a sphere and you look at a sphere the uh, at the edge most people think when they when they draw a sphere they'll make the edge the darkest part but the reality is if you look at a sphere in space the edge is actually lighter because it's starting to get some reflection off of things that are around it and that's when you do that in a painting or a drawing that's when it lo- starts to look much more realistic well once upon a once upon a time I had art students and I remember telling them always, okay, you can't always really draw what's actually there because all you're trying to do is create the illusion of 3D, whether it, you know, because it's basically a flat piece of paper, a canvas. So you're tricking them into seeing something that's not there. And sometimes it's like what you're talking about, reflecting off light off an object, or sometimes you just actually have to draw a line because they expect it to be there. And that's what's the whole point of that that uh, brain game thing. It's not actually what's there. It's what your brain perceives to be there. And that's that's like we were talking about before. The Life is like an illusion, yeah. right? <laughs> it's a good book about that. Well, and that's I think that's where magicians come in because they, they, they work that gap. That's my, that's always been my assumption. There's, there's a good book called illusions. And John said there's a, a book called illusions. <laughs> What's so good about it, John? Why should I read this book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By Richard Bach. It's pretty good. <laughs> talks about that. It talks about how life's an illusion and everything in that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> you should read the book, read the book to find out. <laughs> Tell me an illusion story. I want to, without giving away one of your tricks, because I get that part. And believe me, I, I get the whole thing with get people giving your tricks away. That bugs. But go ahead. Um, there's, I was going to say, there's actually a, a magician, Jerry Andrus. He's passed on now, but uh, Jerry Andrus invented things. He was actually like a, a electrical lineman. That was his day job, right? But he was a magician and a hobbyist, and he was big in magic, he created tons of tricks. Uh, but he also invented toys. And one of those toys was the hypno disc. It was like a round disc with like a spirally thing on it. And you spin it and you stare at it for 30 seconds. And then you would look at the back of your hand and your hand gets all wavy. And um, he's create he's credited for creating this. It's been a toy that's been sold everywhere. And you could you see it on your computer screen, sometimes shared on social media. But he also created a lot of other effects like um, a a wooden crate that's hollow. It's just a frame. And then if you move over here, now it, you see it's totally flat and it's just all in the perspective. And he actually created that based off of working as a lineman. He was up on a, uh, a boom 
and he was seeing wires and it looked three dimensional, but it wasn't. And he actually um, observed this thing. And it was, I don't remember why, but for some reason it was a dangerous situation and he was able to teach people about it. And now they weren't getting electrocuted anymore, I guess. Well, well, it's interesting about life, life experiences that you observe something and then you have to look at it again and you realize it wasn't what you saw the first time. And you can use that to your advantage in the future. Like for example is, have, I've done drawings in the in the morning and I go, oh, I don't like that. And you delete it and all of a sudden it's gone off your screen, but you see it's still there as a shadow for just a fraction of a second in like a different color. So like, for example, you had a red dot, you delete the red dot and now for just like a second, you see that green or blue dot. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, under, I understand what you're talking about. That's That's the... There's a you know scientific explanation for that. That's the rides and the cones in the back of your eye, getting when you oversaturate a color, uh, it starts to flip. It's a well documented scientific. Yeah, and there are optical illusions with that too, where there's like a picture of a white thing, and you you stare at it, and then you close your eyes, and now you see Jesus. <laughs> That's the most common one I've seen. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, for real. <laughs> I want to see Jesus. Um. <laughs> Why? Why not? Oh, does that mean I'm dead? Okay. Well, either that or it's the second coming. Either way, it doesn't seem like it's good news. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like it's good news. That's, you know, I never thought of it that way. That's kind of funny. Actually, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a link to the Jesus illusion, though, in the uh, in the messages. Oh, so I, I don't have to die to see Jesus. <laughs> Tell me a funny story where everything went wrong with an illusion. Oh, an illusion or a trick or something. Um, that went awry. Okay. So early on when I was learning how to solve the Rubik's Cube blindfolded on the unicycle, I was, no, no, no. This was just blindfolded Rubik's Cube. I wasn't even doing it on the unicycle. I learned how to solve a Rubik's Cube and I, I put it in my show. I was super excited. I got hired. Oh, I got another story too. Um, I got hired to do this event and I go and they, they lit up the stage with all pink lights just from the front. Everything was pink. <laughs> I see. I see where this is going. <laughs> so I go to memorize the cube and white and yellow are now the same color. And so oh. I think I got, so I'm up there trying to solve it and I, I totally failed, but I have a worse one. And, um, <laughs> well, the, this kind of goes what we were just talking about a second ago with the light. Yeah. So absolutely. you can't do your a Rubik's a cube. You can't do your Rubik's cube illusion. If you have like, rose color glasses on yeah i've got to have white lighting uh in order to do it so that the colors are true because if you if you hit like a yellow light with blue or sorry a yellow with blue it'll glow like a different color so yeah there's definitely yeah it should turn greenish yeah it's almost like a neon yeah so john uh you so you memorize the oh we're giving is it okay to give away yeah that one's not magic it's just a it's just a stupid trick So you you have this distinction between magic and trick, and I and to to the untrained observer like myself, I I don't know the difference between that. And you can answer that in a second, but um, I was wondering if you memorize that. Are you familiar with the book called uh, Moonwalking with Einstein? No. Okay, because that, that that really it, when you when you talked about uh, memorizing the Rubik's cube, that that's a little bit beyond the capability of us mere mortals. <laughs> Uh, but this book goes into memory tricks and understanding how to remember things like that. So I was wondering, did you have any tricks to use to memorize that? No, I wish I did. So the the weird thing with the Rubik's Cube, and this is why I'm stuck where I am, 
is I never learned like proper technique to solve a Rubik's cube. There, there are ways to do it where you solve it fast, but I just learned it in a van driving from um, location to location. And my buddy was teaching me how to do it. So I actually, there's, I could be doing it much faster if I learned a better technique. (laughs) And as far as the memory goes, I was self-taught on that too. And there are much better techniques to memorize it, but I already have it. So it's like, I don't want to go back and relearn it. Um, but at the same point it's, I'm stuck. I can only do it in like a minute where I want to be able to do it in 45 seconds or so. Yeah. I, I fight myself on that all the time. You know, I get, I get that. If it, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. And the only reason I want to go to 45 seconds is so I could set a Guinness world record. That's the time they want. And I have done it that quickly, but it's kind of pure luck. (laughs) I average about a minute lately, about a minute and 15, because I haven't been practicing as much as I used to. I I average about 10 years. (laughs) You could do it. If you watch some YouTube videos, <laughs> not, not interested enough. If you ever get a chance to watch it, he has some YouTube videos where he does it. He was on the, uh, what's that? The gong show. Remember they redid the gong show a few years ago? I didn't know they redid it. I remember the original one. Yeah. Though. Yeah. They redid it. And, uh, we can say it now. Mike Myers was actually the host and he was a character though. He was uh Tommy Maitland and mm. this, the first season they didn't, uh, they didn't announce that. So we, we didn't even know for sure if it was him, but once you got out there and you saw him face to face, you knew it was him. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but yeah, if you go to gong.fitsmagic.com, that'll take you directly to the the link of that video. And um, you can see me do it on the gong show. I got a perfect score. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I watched the show, but I had like nostalgia going on. So I was keep, I kept waiting for the, the guy with the bag over his hat, the unmasked comic. What was it? Well, not masked. That was unknown comic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was the best part of the show, right? Am I wrong? I don't remember it well enough because I was really young. I mean, you're, you know, you're like 20 years older than me. I mean, you're 90 now, so <laughs> you will remember things better. No, I, I, I don't even think I was alive. <laughs> yeah, this, most people weren't. Now, the only thing I remember from the gong show, aside from the gong, was, and I think I was four or five years old. And one day my mom left me at home watching the gong show with our gardener. And the gardener is, is an old guy. He wasn't the, the the sharpest tool in the shed. And I told him, I think his name was Nick. I said, Nick, it's okay. You can go home. So he left. A four-year-old <laughs> telling the babysitter that he can go home. And he went home. That's called being a teenager, Cause I, probably. Because I had the gong show. No, no. This guy was like 60 or 70. He's not a young kid. And I'm a four or five-year-old. He's taking orders from me. Well, I remember watching the Muppets movie for the first time and not real and being introduced to Fozzie bear. And I remember thinking that guy is just like the host of the gong show. Waka, waka, waka. I mean, the guy <laughs> from the gong show used to do that. And he's deaf. From, yeah. I'm wondering if Fozzie was modeled after <laughs> the, uh, the host of the gong show. I could see that. I mean, he even had like the tuxedo and like the ruffly shirt, you know, <laughs> very seventies. And he, and uh, anyways, I just, I'm going to watch some reruns of the gong show after this episode, after this podcast. <laughs> that sounds like a good use of your time. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. John, you never watched the gong show? The old one. Did I ever watch? Oh yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, I was doing research because I was like, I, I you know, I, did, I was on season one, so I didn't know what it was going to look like. So I went back and watched a bunch of the old ones. 
And, Do you think uh, it looked yeah, like the old one? They, you know, they did, they modernized the old one. So it had the feel of the old one, but like with modern lighting and everything. But, you know, it was very, it was still the gong show. You, I think they did a really good job on it. So once upon a time, there used to be a show called, once a year, called the Jerry Lewis Marathon. Oh, yeah. And for you younger telethon, listeners. Yeah. and it, A telethon, thank you. And it was a great fundraiser for MS. Um, but I remember when I was watching that thinking, Gosh, Jerry Lewis is borrowing the gong show stage. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) Well, I don't remember that well enough. Hey, James, since you were amazing at uh, looking at what we've said right or wrong for editorial called follow up, you have to look that up to see if it's even the same stage studio. That'd be funny if it was. Yes, sir. I could just make it up too. Who would know? Who's going to check the checker? Who watches the Watchmen? Right. Uh, yeah, right. Hey, John. So I'm looking at you right now with the fancy curtain and the background of our Zoom. Of course, we're just in my back patio here drinking coffee. But you've got like a pretty nice studio setup. So what did you do for all that to make that so so fancy? <laughs> yeah. So um, all of my live shows canceled, and it was like, okay, uh, we're going to book everything online. I had 20 shows in one little niche booked and they all said we're all going to go virtual we're going to do these zoom magic shows it's like perfect because i did videos and youtube and all this stuff so i had all this gear from that and (laughs) what's funny is i spent 10 years trying to make that work and then last year the beginning of 2020 i'm like i'm done with video focusing a hundred percent on my live show uh yeah and then the pandemic hit so (laughs) I pulled out the cameras. I set everything up in my dining room for about three or four months and was doing magic shows online like this and did dozens and dozens of them. And there was no sign of it going away. So my wife's like, let's turn downstairs into a game room, get all your crap upstairs so no one has to look at it. And now I have my permanently installed uh, Zoom room magic boom studio. Actually, now I call it the magic loft. The magic what? (laughs) The magic loft. Cause it's literally a loft. I mean, <laughs> I've seen it. It's a pretty cool setup. He's got, it almost looks like when you go up the stairs, you open up the, the, the space where he's at. And it's like, it's not even a wall, a magic's uh, like a magician's secret den, <laughs> like <laughs> where the magic happens. Like you see in the uh, fantasy shows, you know, where the, the wizard has like in Mickey mouse, where the wizard has his, his, uh, his little domain where he goes in, except it's modernized instead of a black pot boiling. He has the computer, uh, heating up the room. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to hide that behind a fake door. I would love to. I would love to. I don't even have a wall behind me though. (laughs) This is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) He did say loft. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a magic lock. Yeah, I, I thought you said it was in the basement. Then I was confused. Is it in the basement or? Where oh, is here it? we go. This is the uh, the behind the scenes of the the magic loft. It, this is for so John's showing us the the pot <laughs> ke- the pot boiling over here. The kettle going. Got a big old case here with all my show props. There's more show props under this table. Uh, I actually run my show with a foot switch, which is kind of cool. And then uh, there's weird. Oddities well, when you show it like this, it doesn't look as cool. Costumes. <laughs> uh, when Easley's actually did close a couple years ago, they gave me a bunch of costumes. Well, I thought and, that's what uh, you were going to talk yeah, about, yeah. all those cool costumes that you put on and off one time. Oh, I was going to ask about that. That reminds me. When you did that uh, Guinness record, I was wondering how many of those costumes were dresses? <laughs> uh, ooh, only, only James. 
There were a couple. Uh, at least two, I would say. Uh, so the, <laughs> Is that all? Really? The Easleys picked the costumes. I didn't pick any of them. Uh, my favorite was the hot firefighter, with quotes, if you can't see me. And okay. No, I, I get it. <laughs> so... It was a very form-fitting shirt. <laughs> and I said, are you sure you want me to put this on? And they went, oh, yeah, we want to see this on. <laughs> so I put it on, and all you heard was the material stretching oh. and, and tearing. It didn't actually rip, but it did It did grow quite a bit. And I put it on. I came out for five seconds and took my photo. And then I came back, and <laughs> the first thing they said is, yeah, we're never going to be able to sell this. <laughs> so do you still have it? <laughs> oh, no. Don't show it to no. me. I don't want to see it, John. <laughs> no, I don't have it. Aren't you, so you're lucky. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> show us what you're wearing there, buddy. So I'm just glad we're living in a modern society because, you know, you have kids and he was caught wearing a dress. He just said twice. <laughs> what? We live in a modern society now, so John doesn't have to worry. Oh. It's okay to have kids and wear, you know, be a man and wear a dress. Christopher, men have been wearing dresses for thousands of years. This is not Yeah, new. but not on video. I mean, yeah, the former head of the FBI was notorious for it. <laughs> nice prop, man. And I've worn a dress, haven't you? Uh, Christopher, you can't no, have gotten through this far have. in life without wearing a dress. You need to put a dress on. The thing, here's, the, I, I've always, okay, the thing with dresses. Right like, now. Dresses. Go get one of your wife's now, dresses and put it on right now. Oh, not, no, 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 don't this. ruin her, one of her dresses. You have to, <laughs> no, you're going to have to go to a big and way, tall. I have always wanted to try a kelt on. I will be honest with that. I'd be cool with the kelt because that's man style, right? I mean. Oh, sure. Yeah. Isn't that just like a towel? <laughs> but I, I have never, I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever even, I won't even carry my wife's purse. She says, can you hold my purse? I'm like. I'll look around to see if anybody's looking. <laughs> <laughs> Why, that's surprising coming from a guy who's, you know, kind care. of into fashion. I, You know, I, I was thinking about that. I'm not really into fashion. I just like wearing, you know, I like, look at me now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm wearing a, a, an old wool green shirt. Yes, yeah. but you do take, you spend more time caring about your clothing than I do. I am all about things matching. That's that's my thing. Well, that's part of fashion. Or purposely not matching, because that's kind of fun to do too. <laughs> John does not John is not a fashion guy either, is he? But he does have cool hats. John and I do have that in common. We have a lot of hats. John, how many hats do you have? I'm gonna call you uh Sam. Uh, I've got about about ten hats. No, you have more than that, don't you? No, well, let's see. I've got this one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, about seven or eight good, you know, fancy hats. I have a lot of baseball caps, but this is like wow. bowler, a pirate hat, a white top hat, black top hat, um, a fedora. And then I've got my I like favorite Uncle Sam hat here. Wizard oh, hat. I've got a wizard hat. That's sounding like more than 10. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I must have 25, maybe 30 hats, not counting my probably 25 different baseball caps. I don't have very many hats. I don't look good in hats. But I look at it, you know, this is um, kind of a man thing, right? I mean, it's like man jewelry almost. It's it's one of the few ways that men can stand out with their hats and their watches. And oh, what, what else do men have that they distinguish? <laughs> yeah, well, I, remember Mad I'm men bald. And I'm headed there. <laughs> Toward bad men? No, I wish... No, towards you're baldness. gonna need some hats because oh, oh. sunburn is 
No, you don't. You're not going to trick me into a conversation about baldness. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, with Mad Men, I remember there's one scene where the guy's talking about another guy's like, he doesn't even wear a hat. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he doesn't even own a hat. Probably, you know, people don't wear hats. And this is Arizona where you absolutely need a hat for everything. Well, people wear, I mean, I, I have a hat that I wear out hiking, but, you know, I look ridiculous in it. And I have to accept that. It's like when I wear a dress. This comes from the guy who's got like the full set of hair who a couple little hairs fell out of his head. Now oh my he's gosh. crying about it. You have no idea how much hair I've lost. <laughs> I, uh, I have I have a baseball cap, which I have pins in the front of, stuck through the front of it. And, I, you know, I, I tried it out the first time and it's got the little backer on the on the inside of the hat. So you think you'd feel that on your scalp. And I, I tried it. And it's like and I didn't feel that when I put it on the pins on. And that was a couple years ago. I feel the pins now because that's how far my hairline has receded. <laughs> oh, well, the hair yeah. was, was like a, a padding and now the padding is gone. I have, I have all of my youth of me wearing hats. So when I get older, I can say, honestly, it's not because of the hairline. That oh, I, wear okay. hats. I just always have. It's a big plus. <laughs> so I share a shower with my wife and my two daughters and in the drain, all you find is hair. Long. That sounded kind of weird, John. Long hair, not not at the same time, not at the same time. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah, I should have distinct, said that. Uh, distinguish. Sorry, I'm not that weird. <laughs> it's okay. I understand. I'm weird, but said. not that weird. I understood what you said. My point is, you will never find my hair in that shower drain, but yet I have no hair. It, it went somewhere at some well, point. Well, that's because your hair is very short. Yeah, now it is. He's a magician. I used oh, to yeah. have hair, and then it went away. That's a really good. That's that's actually a really good point, John. You could say, what are you talking? I'm not bald. You just can't see the hair. It's invisible. It's invisible. <laughs> invisible hair. So as an adult, my 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 pop loves to take stabs at me whenever he gets a chance. And uh he does it in a very kind way, but it's there's still mild jabs. And as I think it's all because of the bald jokes I used to give him all through my teens. <laughs> It's, it's his way of getting back at me. I, I, but he's gone stone cold white. And uh, well, I'd rather I'd rather have white hair than no hair. John's got lots of hair. Huh. John, so John, how many wigs you got? How many wigs does a magician need? I only have one wig, and you know, what? I lent this to a friend who used it for a film, and I haven't styled it since then. John, you said something very interesting to me once, and that was only once. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I had to work harder. Magicians aren't really magicians. They're they're actually actors who are playing a magician. How how did that say? Yeah, go? I think. Oh man, I'm blanking out here. I think it's a Henning Nelms quote. Henning Nelms wrote a book for magicians all on showmanship. It's called Showmanship for Magicians, and the quote is: uh, "Magicians are merely actors playing the part of magicians. Magicians aren't really magic. They're actors playing the part of magicians." Well, this brings me to Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, you told me also once was a magician, which explained his telepathic. Oh yeah, uh, Karnak skit. He used. What's it called? Uh, Karnak. The Karnak, right? Oh right, 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 right. And I think this explains why uh, you have so many costumes because essentially, in your heart, you're an actor. Yeah, you know what? I found out recently. I'm in my heart. I'm a maker. I like, I like Mm. to make things. I always joke that I do magic so that I can make weird things and then call them magic tricks, (laughs) but I'm actually reading a book right now. Um, Adam Savage's every tool is a hammer. And Mm -hmm. since I was a kid, I was a maker. I was always making weird things. When I was in grade school, I tried to make this 
radio controlled animatronic dummy, like a puppet. And, uh, uh, I go out into airbrushing, but I have like no skills for painting and all these weird things. So I'm t- totally a maker. Uh, but yeah, I, I been into costumes and stuff, but I'm not like a typical cosplay guy. I just wear weird costumes for the gig, whatever the gig may be, whether it's passing English class in high school, dressed up as Elmo to make my teacher laugh or, you know, getting paid to actually dress up like a wizard and go to parties and stuff. But just so. to take a step backwards, you and James have that in common. You're, you're a definitely inventor. I have been in your garage and seen you in the inventing process. James has a s- similar situation. I don't know where his magic space is for his <laughs> inventing, but he is constantly putting together gadgets. Mm-hmm. His for usually home use to make his life <laughs> more convenient, but, and you and your show, but you guys both, and you know, you, you come up with a problem and you don't go to the store to solve it. You go to, well, you do, you go to the hardware store. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. It's all about building. I built this thing and, um, what did, well, well the, tell us what that thing is since we can't <laughs> see it. So this is my super thought uploading psychic infused dynamic hat. And it's this one, this is version two. It's basically a, one of those big round motorcycle helmets. And then it's got LEDs all over it that are like 30 millimeter LED ball things. Uh, it's got a car antenna that comes out of it. It goes about four feet in the air, shoots a fireball. But what it really does is it lets me read people's minds, man. And uh, <laughs> well, that's not going to work in this crowd. Yeah. My wife calls it the stupid hat. Oh, and, and no just mind reading. And, and for and for the Americans out there, the that quote 30 millimeter communist talk he was talking that's about an inch and a half <laughs> then i'm off they're not that big they're probably about an inch we'll say <laughs> so i happened to be in santa cruz california on the changing of the millennial and santa Lame. cruz did a parade and it was basically into the future theme almost every single float almost every single person was either wearing an alien head mask or my favorite, which brings me to your helmet, wrapping their head in tinfoil. <laughs> no. So that, you know, no one can read their minds. And I remember thinking, yeah, I think you're right. This is probably the future. A bunch of people walking around with tinfoil on their head because they're so worried about aliens. Re- I feel like we're still in the worry ward society. But and yet, and yet you have Facebook installed on your phone. <laughs> Well, we've talked about my incognito, uh, every username and email I use is not my personal, right? So like I rarely use my own name for anything on social media because I'm so afraid of, I'm going to edit that gone right out. I think you've completely off the rails here. I don't know what, no, no one cares about you, Christopher. No one cares enough about you to come to your house and do anything to you. You're not that important. That's, that's the beauty of obscurity that we all live in. John, are you worried about that? them coming to your house and taking you away. Lose John? You know, maybe the tin foil got him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we need to upgrade to titanium. Tin foil obviously by now the aliens will have uh, adapted to tin foil. Hey, uh John, I hope this wasn't too bad of a day for you t- spending your time with us. Uh enjoying us having coffee, but you having a monster. Monster. Anyways, I'm gonna we're gonna take off. I want to say thank you so much for coming on our show and chatting with us today. And next time, maybe I can talk you into some coffee. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been. 
great. <laughs> it's good talking to you, John. Maybe we'll see you again. No, uh, thanks for having me. It's my first podcast guest experience. I guess I was on one more. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's my second one. I might be lying to you guys. I apologize. But it's one of my first podcast experiences. And it's been fun. Um, especially when I can see you talking and I can't hear you. Keeps it interesting. Because I'm like, wait, how am I going to jump in? Oh, I know what he said there. I'm, gonna, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. John, we never promoted your podcast that you're planning on doing. You want to hold off on that? You know what? It's a top secret podcast at the moment, but when information comes out, you can find out all about it at comedytrickster.com. Uh, that's comedytrickster.com. Well, you heard it here first. Hey, uh, John, when you do do your show. <laughs> no, I had a great time. It's been fun. Yes. Excellent. You have to come on. I'll make the experience much, much better. I do not promise. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Defer. I'm glad you came over, James. Thanks. Thank you also, John. If you'd like to contact Heatstroke, go to heatstrokepodcast.com. Don't you see me? Take a boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want yes. is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it's made from tea. brown. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee. Yeah, I'd like to see that. All right, I'm going to go get some coffee for everybody. I will be right back. John, <laughs> I have not been able to hear you at all for all right, like five that's minutes. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so we get into talking about whatever's been bothering us lately. And lately for me, I can't stand anything. I feel like whenever I watch the news or I'm online looking at uh, something on one of the social media sites, I feel like everybody's like, uh, shut up. You can't talk about that anymore. It's have, got to the point it's gotten a little crazy. Have you not been watching Fox News? W- what about Fox News? Uh, I thought that would be the haven for all speech. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do watch Fox News once in a blue moon, but I don't I don't actually pay for the station to come in so I can watch it. Because <laughs> you know I'm Mr. Thrifty. I didn't realize you had to pay for it. Is that part of the cable package? Well, it's so interesting. If Whenever you get into anything that's part of a package, like like Fox News or ESPN or or ABC, any one of the ones where you're paying basically through cable or some system to watch, it's very biased. But once you get into old-fashioned broadcast through the airs, it's the news hasn't changed that much unless it's uh, like a big event. Like, so they're watching something that's like during the speeches or whenever Trump goes on or whenever Biden goes on, you get this huge biased end. But generally speaking, every night, the news is pretty... Guess what? It snowed last week. Guess who got killed on 45th Avenue? You know, that kind of stuff. And there was a fire. And then they always do the one. The new thing now with the news is they have like the little animals. But once you get into anything, once you get anything you pay for, then all of a sudden you get in a situation where they they make it seem like it's news, but it's not news. What what are you funny? I don't know. I'm not an actor. What do you want me to say? All right. There it is. Hi, this is Betsy. I want to tell you about the Children's Museum of Phoenix. If you're in Phoenix, planning to come to Phoenix, 
or just looking for something fun to do, check us out at the Children's Museum of Phoenix where you can come paint and climb and use your imagination. We're 100% fun and currently 100% outside. To find out more, visit us at childrensmuseumofphoenix.org. Hope to see you there. Have fun. Be playful. 